0: and the bradley braves have done it the illinois state Rippers, the indiana state sycamores are tournament champions the ramblers of Loyola chicago and missouri state is missouri valley conference tournament champion northern in the NCAA Tournament. you you! State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference.
1: You've got another edition of Inside the Valley, the podcast of Missouri Valley Conference coming at you. My name is Derek Dockett, Associate Commissioner of New Media and Technology with the Missouri Valley Conference. And here in this episode... We get a little basketball heavy with practices underway and the season right around the corner. Um, Three different guests in this episode. First up will be uh, Daniel Allar of the Evansville Courier and Press. We will get into uh, the men's and women's basketball teams at Evansville and talk about his preseason picks for the league. Had a good discussion uh, talking about the Aces and the Valley in general. Uh, After that, Dave Snell, he's the longtime voice of the Bradley Braves. Uh, We discussed the new faces in Peoria, uh, including not only just Brian Wardle, the new uh, head coach men's basketball, but also uh, athletic director Chris Reynolds, how those gentlemen are doing in the community. And we also hit on uh, the team and uh, much more. And finally, uh, Rob LaFerry will be in his very first year as the voice of the Indiana State women's basketball team. Um, he was also on the call for the Sycamores uh, volleyball team, their first game, the first production for Indiana State on the Valley on ESPN3 earlier this fall. And we talked about his background, his opportunity getting to uh, be the voice of the Sycamores for women's basketball this year. Uh, talked about ESPN3 um, and the team as, as, as well. So he will uh, be doing play-by-play, hosting coaches shows, uh, for Indiana State women's basketball and much more. So, But before we get to those interviews, let's recap some of the news and notes in the Rewind. We are now less than a month out from the 2015 NBC Women's Soccer Championship with the semifinals and finals taking place uh, in Evansville, Indiana, hosted by the University of Evansville. Uh, that'll be November 6th and 8th. Right now, Drake sits at 3-0 in league play, followed by Missouri State and Illinois State, both at 2-1. Obviously, there's still uh, matches to be played, but we are getting down towards the final weeks of the regular season. Uh, Even before that, uh, the 2015 NBC Cross Country Championship, also hosted by Evansville, uh, it's coming up October 31st, and the Saturday, you will have the men's race and the women's race, so uh, that championship also fast approaching. On the men's soccer side, uh, Drake leads the way uh, with a 3-0 record. And overall, they're 9-3. Bulldogs uh, off to a great start. You just, just can't really even call it a start anymore. They're just off to a, a great season. Uh, Bradley's behind them at 2-0 in league play. And followed by Loyola and Missouri State, both who are 1-1-1. Uh, this week in conference action, there's going to be three matches on Saturday. Uh, Missouri State will be at Bradley. SIUE will host Evansville, and Central Arkansas will uh, visit Loyola. So uh, that Missouri State-Bradley match will be carried on the Valley on ESPN 3. And in volleyball, the Valley has six teams in the top 80 of the latest NCAA RPI report. Missouri State leads the league at 39, with Wichita State at 55, Southern Illinois 60, Northern Iowa 65, Loyola 78 and Illinois State 80. The Valley is one of seven league, seven leagues, excuse me, to have six or more teams in the RPI top 80. So volleyball, obviously having a really good non-conference and uh, conference play, has sort of been really very competitive. Loyola leads the way in terms of the league standings in terms of volley- Valley volleyball. And finally, uh, it's been a while since we last had a podcast for you, but. Uh, In that time since our last one, the Valley has announced its live broadcast plans for the 2015-16 season with contests on the ESPN Family Networks, CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network, and also the NBC TV Network, which consists of Fox Sports Midwest, Fox Sports Indiana, Fox Sports Kansas City, and Comcast Sportsnet. Um, You can get complete details on all three different television packages by visiting the league website at mcsports.com so uh, those three tv packages in addition to the institutional productions that you'll see from each school and uh, the events that are a part of the valley on espn3 so a lot of different ways of following not just basketball but uh, women's basketball volleyball continuing uh, the championship events coming up this fall uh, the valley growing in terms of live event uh, broadcast. All right. With that in mind, coming up next, we'll start off our three interviews. You'll hear from Daniel Alar of the Evansville Courier Press here on Inside the Valley.
0: The magical moments and epic performances, the spectacle and pageantry of NCAA March Madness. The road to the Final Four continues through St. Louis. Be there to share the experience with your family and friends. The NCAA Men's Basketball Championship first and second rounds, March 18th and 20th at Scott Trade Center in St. Louis. Visit ncaa.com slash mbbtickets to score your championship tickets today.
1: Back here on our Inside the Valley podcast, Derek Dockett, now joined by... uh... One of our beat writers here at the Missouri Valley Conference, he covers the University of Evansville. For the Evansville Courier and Press, Daniel Allard. Daniel, how are things going with you today?
2: Oh, pretty good. Just uh, catching some some NFL games on a day off, so I can't complain.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you taking time on the Sunday as we as we record this. I'm sitting here looking at the uh the Rams and the Packers and the Packers are just added on. It's twenty to ten in the third quarter, so my uh local hometown team not faring so well in Green Bay, but of course Aaron Rodgers has a way of uh dissecting defenses and his uh NFL skill set is uh proving to be that way again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's uh, I wanted to sort of get you on because obviously we're getting real close here to not only uh, the start of the season, uh, our Missouri Valley Conference basketball tip-off uh, coming up later this month here in St. Louis, uh, to talk about the upcoming season. Obviously, uh, a lot of attention on, on Wichita State and some of the teams that might sort of be uh, uh, upper-level competition for them. And, and the Aces have sort of been mentioned uh, in that same uh, sort of realm now uh, along with Northern Iowa, Illinois state, uh, obviously UE coming off the, the CIT championship run, uh, DJ Ballantyne and Gideas Miscaviges back for their, uh, their last go around. It's kind of hard to believe that this is their senior year. DJ seems like he's been around for a while, but I guess when you talk about men's basketball and the aces, it starts with DJ and a inside, um, I guess from what you've learned and and this team going starting practice up and coming off the off season here, uh, what's their sort of the goal? What's what's the sort of uh, the outlook for the Aces going into twenty fifteen and sixteen?
2: Well, they have the goal uh, this year to make the NCAA tournament, and that's something that I'm sure most teams say is their goal every year. But this year, it doesn't seem quite as like, like as much of a hollow boast, I guess, because if you look at their team and think, yeah, they might actually have the talent to do it this year. Um, now, whether they, they do it, um, because there's not much margin for error with their uh, out-of-conference strength of schedule, they have a few really good opponents, but also some uh, lower-level teams that will bring their strength of schedule down, so they'll have to have a really good record, both in-conference and out-of-conference, to have a chance in at-large. But I think... Uh, for Evansville, um, that's their goal this year, and they do have they do have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. But um, I think NIT might be more realistic, and they haven't even done that since the late 90s. So uh, they haven't made either of the major postseason tournaments since 1999. So I think this is the year they break into one of those top two tournaments. It'll be interesting to see exactly how they develop throughout the season and, and which one of those they get into.
1: We all know the scoring ability of DJ and, and what Agidius brings inside. What can you tell folks about the rest of the roster that the Aces has have and, and including some of the newcomers? Obviously, it's it's hard to gauge those newcomers coming in and, and what they might bring to the table. But uh, that roster coming back this year, they bring a majority of folks back. Uh, what do you think you expect from, from some of those student athletes this year? Yeah,
2: like you said, they bring um, – pretty much everyone in the rotation back other than Jalen Moore, who is the Gideous his backup last year inside. Um, going to the end to see how they cut it up because it's even the guys who were on the end of the bench last year showed in spurts that they could play uh, against valley-level competition like David Howard and Kristen Benzon. When those guys got chances to play, they contributed something positively. So they really have uh, – 12 players that all 13 of their scholarships, the guys can play, but one of them is sitting out this year because he's a transfer. So that will be interesting to see how they get those guys minutes and whether they can all, you know, stay happy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, but in terms of the newcomers, uh, I expect guard Harris Brown um, to make an immediate impact. He's a five foot 11. He's a high scoring guard average, 30 points per game at high school. But he's built. You wouldn't know he's a freshman. By the way, he's built. He's a thick pick in the upper body, strong enough to play right away. And he's a little different than Evansville's point guards, uh, Jalen Brown and Dwayne Gibson, in that he's a proficient scorer and he can shoot through. three. Those guys are more drivers and set the table and really good defenders. But Brown gives them another scoring guard who could come in and spur and play the one alongside DJ, um, and. You know, give them another outside shooting threat. So I'm interested to see how he plays. And then obviously the guys who return. Nissab uh, Brazoya was one of the best six men in the league last year. He can play anywhere from. He played point guard in high school, so he has ball skills. He's a creative, you know, creative passer. Makes some highlight reel plays that way. And he's six six and uh, about two fifteen, so he's big enough to guard some opposing power forward so he gives them a lot of versatility um and then kind of in that same mode they have another big couple guard slash wing types like adam wing and uh blake simmons who can who can uh, are just good complementary players not quite as uh i guess creative offensively as brazilia but they're definitely fill their roles well and and uh, can give some scoring punch uh, at certain times
1: what's the uh the sort of feel that you might get from the, the community there? Or, or After the CIT, obviously, they had great support in that postseason, uh, especially in the championship game. Uh, the university did some different things to sort of get the crowd invested and, and, you know, try and keep that rolling forward. Is there sort of been a little bit more of a buzz this year in the town to get ready for this season? Uh, I definitely
2: think so. I mean, the core of this team – um, has been together for three straight years. They didn't lose much, um, from two years ago last year, and then they only lost Jalen Moore this year. So with that much experience and the fact that they, uh, were probably a couple wins away from the NIT last year and then kind of just took off and handled everyone in the, in the CIT people think, well, if all those guys are back and they all improve over the course of the summer, you know, it could be an exciting year. Um, so I think there definitely is more interest heading into this season because people realize that it probably is the most talented, um, most talented team that Marty Simmons has had at Evansville.
1: All right, switching over to the women's basketball side, uh, it's sort of a, a little bit different situation. But you've got Sarah Dickey back for her junior year uh, for the Aces for head coach Otis Epps. Uh, the Aces sort of going to try and rebound off of I guess I'm, I'm sure Otis would say that last year didn't go the way that he wanted to because he's always got his goal set really high, but uh, what can you tell us about what you know about the, uh, the women's team there going into their new season?
2: Well, it obviously starts with uh, Sarah Dickey. Um, She's on pace through two seasons. Uh, She's had probably the best first two seasons of any player in Evansville women's basketball history. She averaged about 19 points a game last year. Um, She's back, but, They lose a lot of scoring behind her, and uh, they lose the next three scorers from last season. Then the the fifth-leading scorer, uh, starting power forward Sasha Robinson, um, she had an ACL injury, so she was expected to miss at least a couple couple months. They think she might be able to come back for conference season, but they're just going to see how that progresses. So that's uh, something they'll monitor. Um, so it's a lot of new players, a lot of freshmen and transfers. And uh, Otis is always a, is always optimistic, so um, he's excited about about the freshmen. But it's kind of one of those things where you got to see how they play once they get out there. Um, I know in particular he mentioned Camille Coleman, a freshman guard from South Bend, Indiana, said she's a really gifted scorer and shooter. And he expects her to help right away. Um, and then a transfer will probably have to play inside because of Sasha being out, um, transfer from Vincennes University, uh, Ashley Hawkins, she's a six foot 6'1 uh, junior, and she can run the floor really well, which Otis likes, and is big players, so they can play that tempo, so she'll be as fast as any power forward or center in the league, so he, he likes that about her, that she can get up and down.
1: All right, jumping back onto the men's side, you recently uh, published a blog that had your uh, Valley preseason picks uh, out there and and also the preseason all-conference team. Uh, focusing on the team, you, you had Fred VanVleet, Wichita State, uh, along with Ron Baker, uh, DJ Annie Gideas from, from UE, uh, Devon Akun Purcell, Illinois State, and you picked uh, Fred for preseason player of the year, but you said you wouldn't be surprised if Ron Baker was the more popular pick, but you said you went with VanVleet because you like the way that he controls the game? You want to elaborate on that?
2: Yeah, I just... the uh, I think the pure point guard is kind of going away, both in the NBA and the college game, and I think Van Vliet is about as close as you'll get. So I, I don't know. I, it's just maybe a style thing for me. I think both players, you couldn't go wrong picking Baker or Van Vliet for player of the year, but I appreciate the way that Van Vliet you know, no matter who he's playing against, how good the, the defender is, he always goes at his own pace, gets to where he wants to go, knows when to take his own shot, and he can make, you know, he's a proficient shooter, but he's also just controls the game with his ball handling and passing and just sets sets teammates up, makes it look easy, and just kind of runs the show in a in a way that the old-school good point guards did. So I, I guess I just appreciate his style of play.
1: I'm kind of curious because uh... – I've I've seen a couple of the ballots and from some of the beat writers across the league and there's a couple of different names that are are you know sliding in and out. I'm wondering, is there any other player around the league that you sort of gave consideration to that didn't make your your final five cut?
2: Oh yeah, um, I considered Milton Doyle from Loyola for either Valentine uh, or Atum Purcell from Illinois State. I think those three are all in the same mix, but. I guess just uh, the fact that I think Evansville and Illinois State's teams will finish slightly higher in the standings is a bit of a tiebreaker, and then also the fact that Doyle's had injury issues, so he hasn't proven he can produce for an entire season. Um, But when he's healthy, he's just as good as those other two guys, so you couldn't go wrong picking him for for one of those other two.
1: Looking at the Aces schedule, they've got a couple of uh, some matchups that could be fairly interesting they've got uh, the wooden legacy they, they start out with Providence there they also have uh you know some regional matchups Belmont uh, Murray State uh, a big one against Arkansas potentially big one I uh, don't know the outlook on the on the razorbacks, but that could be a nice uh power five win for UE if they're able to go to Fayetteville and get the win there um, anything sticking out to you on the schedule that sort of uh gives the some opportunity for for the team and what well, could sort of uh Give them a, 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 I guess, a positive, you know, feel going into the season and part of the, at least in terms of the non-conference part of the schedule.
2: Yeah, I, you mentioned the Wooden Legacy and the opportunity to play against Providence. Um, they have a guy who's on some first-team All-American lists and uh, guard Chris Dunn. I think he was the Big East Player of the Year last year and may have been a first-round NBA pick if he came out. But they lost some other guys. They'll still be a good team with him, but. That's an opportunity for Evansville to pull an upset over a well-regarded program. Uh, Providence was a six seed in the NCA tournament last year, so that'd be a big-time win. And then the rest of that field, there's five teams that made the NCA tournament last year. So no matter how it shakes out, um, Evansville will likely run into two teams. You know, they could easily run into two teams that made the NCA tournament last year. So those three games are big opportunities. Um, and then uh, Fresno State, I think. In the uh, Mountain West Challenge, uh, UE played Fresno State last year, a pretty close game in the Gulf Coast Showcase. And Fresno State brings back pretty much everyone, and they went 10 and 8 in the Mountain, Mountain West last year. So they could be in for a decent jump up the standings and, and have a good RPI by the end of the year. So leading them on the road is another opportunity that people might not look at that one in the same light as maybe going to Arkansas just because of the name recognition. But that's another good non-conference opportunity for Evansville to pick up a quality win
1: all right sir i really appreciate you uh taking time i'm going to give you a chance to plug uh your stuff for the Evansville Courier Press uh tell folks how they can give you a follow and, and where they can can read some more of your your work online
2: yeah uh online our site's just courierpress.com um right now i'm in the middle of a position series with Evansville basketball team i'm Basically, each Saturday during the day and coming out in the Sunday paper, I'm going one through five, so starting with point guards on up to some I'm kind of breaking down, writing a feature story on someone from that position and talking about the other players at that position. That's uh, the start of my preseason coverage, but you can read that stuff there. And then online, it's E-C-P underscore Oller, A-L-L-A-R. Uh, that's my Twitter handle, so you can find me there.
1: All right, you're sitting at 959 followers, so hopefully we can get you a couple more to get you to that 1,000 mark before the season starts. I'm sure this podcast that's will do will do get you huge numbers.
2: That's a big-time milestone. I'm, I'm looking
1: forward to it. All right, Daniel, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh hope you see you my next trip to Evansville real soon.
2: All right, no problem, Derek.
0: Thanks for having me on. Hey, Hoops fans, Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball is coming to the Quad Cities. Don't miss the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball Championship March 10th through 13th at the iWireless Center in the Quad Cities, presented by Aetna. Single game tickets start at $10. Visit MVCQuadCities.com for more information. That's MVCQuadCities.com
1: back here at the world headquarters of the missouri valley conference in st louis missouri Derek Dockett, associate commissioner for new media and technology uh on the line now i'm pleased to be talking to a good friend up in peoria a fellow cardinal fan we're both uh previously talking about uh this upcoming game in chicago uh, as we record here uh but he is the voice of the bradley braves and gosh i how many years has it been now so far
3: well, 36. This will be 37. Derek, great to talk with you. Uh, I, I love St. Louis, and I was there on uh, on Saturday night. Unfortunately, it didn't work out well, but uh, I, I I love the city and uh, and the Missouri Valley Conference too. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the season ahead, even though there'll be some uh, rough bumps in the road. I think.
1: Yeah, that is the voice of uh, the one and only Dave Snell, the voice of the Bradley Braves. I mentioned. Uh, gosh. You, you're a, we've got this great fraternity of play-by-play guys and beat writers that have been covering the league for so long and guys like yourself have been great advocates for our league and, and the cities and the schools that you guys uh, work for but I guess you, you mentioned you're getting ready for the, the new season in terms of men's basketball and obviously you're expecting some bumps in the road but you guys got a lot of new faces there and I want to start with right at the top, you guys brand new athletic director and I guess brand new folks haven't uh, been there, aren't aware but Chris Reynolds has uh, taken over uh, the responsibilities of the athletic department there. And it's sort of changed, already changing the culture. There's a lot of been a lot lot of positivity uh, around the community, I guess. Can you talk a little bit about what's uh, sort of been, uh, how's the ball been rolling up in Peoria with Chris now uh, leading the charge for Bradley?
3: Well, the culture is is certainly different. The idea is all gas, no brakes. And Chris has been out in the community and has talked with just about every service group and every group that has asked him to speak. He has done so, and I've been to many of his events. I've known Chris since he was a basketball player at Peoria High School. And coming back home, he has been embraced and obviously... Chris is one of the most impressive individuals I've ever met. And this is aside from his basketball career, which was stellar. He played for Bob Knight, was a two-time... First of all, he was a Parade All-American here at Peoria Central. Played for Chuck Bisher, who was uh, who also coached Sean Livingston and was my broadcast partner for a, for a few years, was an assistant coach with Jim Lass during the Sweet 16 run. And he learned a lot from Bish about uh, discipline, hard work, those, you know, basic ethics that people have that are successful. He was a two-time All-Big Ten selection as a point guard and led his team to the Final Four uh, when Coach Knight was there. So he has that on his resume. And, oh, by the way, he got his doctorate after uh, getting his uh, uh, law degree after he became a graduate at Indiana and then went to... Western Michigan, Michigan State. He went back to his alma mater at Indiana, Notre Dame, and then to Northwestern as an administrator, an athletic administrator, and did a number of different things. And then when the opportunity came to come back home to Peoria, he jumped on it with alacrity, and he has just been wonderful. Uh, working for Chris is uh, is motivational. He's motivational, and... Everybody is pulling in the same way. So I can't say enough for what he has done.
1: Yeah, it, it sounds like he certainly has the pedigree in the background to sort of uh, take Bradley to another level. So that's exciting to hear. Uh, his first hire uh, came in the shape of a men's basketball coach. So another new face there in head coach Brian Wardle. Uh, I, I saw online and, and I heard from the commissioner, Doug Elgin, that. Uh, you guys have returned the spaghetti dinners and had, like you mentioned, a number of the community events that you guys have already had. But just some huge, huge turnouts to hear not only from Chris, but also Brian and some of the basketball student athletes to get ready for the season. Uh, How has he been engaging with the community up there coming as a, a first-year head coach? Much, much the same way. I'll
3: go back a second because uh, Commissioner Elgin uh, came to Peoria on June the 2nd, and we had a luncheon at the Civic Center downtown. Uh, adjacent to where the Braves play at Carver Arena, and there were 1,500 people there wow. on June the 2nd. It was, uh, it was very electric. I put together a, a music video that uh, uh, took the university's basketball program from its inception in 1903 through now, and, um, and then uh, Chris spoke, and I always tell Chris, you know, if I ever want to sell my house I'm hiring you to sell my house. <laughs> That's how good he is. And Brian is the same way. Brian was hired because he wanted the Bradley job. He had other offers from major conference schools, but he is from Willowbrook, Illinois. He played on the Carver Arena floor in the state champion, uh, the chips in the uh, quarterfinals at that point. So he knew about Peoria and he knew about Bradley, and this was one place he wanted to be. And you can tell that in the way he approaches his job, and he's out in the community as well. One of the things about the culture of, of this team, and we have so many new players, is that they are, they are out in the community all the time. Children's Hospital, uh, Boys and Girls Clubs, uh, working with Down Syndrome kids. I mean, I could, the, the list goes on and on because I go out uh, with them and this is all what Brian believes in did at Green Bay where he rebuilt that program to where they were winning 24 and 25 games a year he was coach of the year in uh, in the horizon and uh, he brings that same enthusiasm and he's a disciplinarian now uh, there is no uh, there's no dead time in practice he works them very very hard but what i have seen is he is a very good teacher And just as the Shockers, when uh, Greg Marshall came, had that foundation that needed to be laid and struggled a couple of years, and now look where they are. Brian's motto is build the brand and build it to last. Because here at Bradley and other schools in the league, you pop every once in a while, you, you win a Valley Championship and you go to the tournament, and you might do it two years, But then there's a lull, and then it happens again, and then there's a lull. Creighton was able to sustain that, and once Wichita and Coach Marshall built that, and the same way with uh, Jake at Northern Iowa, once you establish that foundation, you can consistently uh, compete for titles. And that's what he has made as a staple point with this, built to last, not just pop.
1: Yeah, you make a really good point there. Uh before I ask you about some of the newcomers, I wanted to bring up there's been he's sort of embraced the the, the university there, and I've noticed as we've been doing a lot more things with ESPN three, uh Bradley's been, been doing their men's soccer matches and volleyball matches for the valley on ESPN three. And there's some some fun commercial spots that have been running on you guys' games that have uh Kaboom the mascot involved. Oh, yeah. And, and Brian in, appearing in, in some of those spots too, so he's really gone all in on on, on being a part of Bradley there, and that's fun to see.
3: It's uh, this is Bradley basketball is really a takeoff on this is ESPN. Yeah. And first of all, a lot of my former students, I teach a radio and television class here, are doing the games, soccer, yep. volleyball, and whatever, and we're really happy with uh, this opportunity for for our young people. To springboard into the business, I think it's great. I think it's great for the Valley, and it's certainly uh, terrific for not only Bradley, but the other institutions in the league. And those ideas we brainstormed, and there are more coming. We shot three more of them uh, last week one day, and we are incorporating older coaches. Uh, Coach Stoll, who did the games with me for 25 years, we did one with him. And uh, so there are more coming on that front, and Brian is very, very uh, video conscious, image conscious, and uh, wants to try to uh, appeal to the younger group because we have a, uh, a elderly fan base here that needs to get younger, and that is another target that uh, Chris and everybody else is, uh, and the coaching staffs of all sports are working on, plus the uh, uh, people in the department.
1: Yeah. Funny you mentioned, you said uh, an, elder, el, uh, an elderly fa- uh, fan base getting younger. Fan base, yes. When I look at the men's basketball roster, you guys are <laughs> certainly are younger. There are nine freshmen on this roster that I'm looking at right now. Uh, Kaderil Bell, the, a senior. Mike Shaw, a fifth-year senior. Uh, what, what can you say about the team this year? I guess, obviously, I don't know anything about the nine freshmen at all. Uh, you know what? What what's been the, the sort of feel? What's sort of been the, the thing to look for in, in practice so far? What have they been up to? Well, here's
3: how. Here's a little bit, Derek, on how things have changed. We have uh, four international players that are going to make contributions, and on the first day of practice, the Nigerian flag, the the flag of the uh, Netherlands, mm-hmm. uh, uh, England's flag, and um, this is the other one? Uh, Tasmania. Oh, uh, Tasmania. And, we, and I am not going to call him the Tasmanian <laughs> Devil. I think I may just nickname him Dundee, as in Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee. Dundee. So <laughs> that made such an impact on these young guys yeah. that, that the American flag would be in the middle and the, and the uh, two on each side. They each have a great deal of talent. And I think sometimes foreign players are a little bit ahead of normal freshman players in that the international games they play, they play uh, competition from other places in Europe as well in addition to uh, where they grow up. So I think they might be a little bit ahead of most uh, freshmen, but uh, I'll I'll tell you about the the guys, uh, Joel Okafor, is a, uh, is a guard from uh, Lagos Nigeria and he went to Richmond Indiana High School which the former Bradley player Billy Wright went to so he came over speaks very good English. he is a spark plug and has a football player's body with a basketball player's ability. Luke van Bre- uh, von Brey is how it's pronounced like in Van Damme is a player from the Netherlands he's six nine. And he is an inside-outside three-point shooter. He shoots the ball like Will Egoff did a couple of years ago from the perimeter, but also can post. We have another guy whose name is, and this is going to be difficult, I can just uh, see Reese and, uh, and, um, and Art and, and all the other guys. Uh, uh, I, I have to ask uh, uh, Gary up at uh, Northern Iowa for a nickname for this guy, Dwayne Latier Agunlier. All right. Now that's a mouthful yes, in when you are a fast break off, uh, offense coming down. He's a player from London. He played on the um, the youth team from uh, uh, from the country, from, from England. Very good shooter, uh, outstanding athlete. And the other player, Callum Barker, who is from Hobart, Tasmania. The only thing I can say about him is, you remember Big Country that played for um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? State? Mm-hmm by the time he's a senior that's the kind of body he'll have. He's 6'9, 245 now. And he he doesn't care anything about anything except rebounding and uh and shooting inside. That's that's what he does. He's not an outside shooter. He is a, he's a rebounder. So those are the four guys. Mike Shaw is back. He's been injured a little bit. Dante Thomas I think is going to emerge. He's the only player besides Kedrell Bell that stayed from uh, Geno's team and uh, so Dante Thomas will play a big role as well. Darryl Bell uh, you got a player from Atlanta named uh, Devonte Cooper who's 6'10 uh, Scotty James very good shooter, perimeter shooter from a Tarpon Springs, Florida and Alex Foster is a transfer from Texas Tech and he has a sit-out year what I have noticed about this team over what we have seen is this they do have players that can shoot from the perimeter and score that has been an issue here the last few years.
1: Yeah. I can tell you right now, I can't wait for the uh, the Bradley Evansville game. And Dwayne Ladier-Ogunle oh. has to go. Uh, Ladier-Ogunle. Ladier-Ogunle goes into the. Or DLO is. Yeah. We well, may go. When he goes yeah. into the paint and you guys are playing oh. Evansville. <laughs> and Agidius Miscaviges is also on the floor. So have fun with that. <laughs>
3: It, it, is it that? Uh, oh, I can't. I can't wait. And the Braves have never won in the, it, it, at at uh, Ford, so um, that uh, that's always been a rough night at the office. As it is in the league, and that's another reason that Brian wanted to come in the Valley. He says, "I want to go to a league that has multiple bids, that has the competition year in and year out, uh, like the Valley does. The Valley is." Uh, is known everywhere. When you talk about the Missouri Valley Conference, and obviously the work of Wichita State the last couple of years has uh, has risen that even further because of the great work that they have done.
1: Before I let you go, I want to get your uh, your preseason All Conference team. You given much thought to that yet?
3: Well, yeah, I've already. I got my ballot in. It took about uh, three minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, Machevicus, Valentine, two guys at Wichita. Um, uh, Baker and Van Vliet. We do yeah. have a player, by the way, from Rockford, Auburn, Antoine Pittman. Mm-hmm. Same, same high school as uh, as, uh, as Van Vliet. And I also chose um, Illinois State's um, uh, Devon for sale. His, yep, yeah, yeah uh huh. That's it. He was the fifth guy. I voted uh, Baker as my preseason player of the year.
1: Okay.
3: Voted for the Shockers up front, and uh, Northern Iowa second, Illinois State third.
1: All right. well, we'll but see I how...
3: think they're going to be there's going to be a guy good competition because you have uh, teams that have won postseason tournaments like uh, Loyola yeah and, uh, and Evansville so I mean they're going to be good Valley's going to be terrific and I think it'll be great for our young guys I don't know how many games they'll play but they're going to play hard and they will play defense and they will rebound if they can find a way to get the ball in the basket uh, with these young guys then Uh, that's one thing last year Derek Drake did remember how poorly they started the league by the end of the year once they got their thing going um they played a little bit better and were uh, much more formidable I hope that's the way Bradley will be
1: all right well like everyone knows it's always a work in progress you you know with so many newcomers on the roster it's never an easy thing but experience is, is something that is so valuable especially in terms of the Missouri Valley Conference just getting the chance to play those games is always a big deal so uh obviously we're all hoping for the best for Bradley and for Brian to turn things around up there but it should be a fun year what's going to be real competitive in the league and we're on TV a lot this year so that's going to be fun too.
3: Derek the one thing about it uh when you have nine freshmen there's no mystery on where you're going to be picked at the beginning of the league and they know that and uh this is the beginning of a a building of a foundation is what it is, and everybody's looking forward to the years ahead. All
1: right, that's Mr. That's Dave. That's great talking with you, Derek. Ah, I appreciate it. That's Dave Snow, the voice of the Bradley Braves. We'll look forward to uh, visiting with you, sir, on the next trip to Peoria for some basketball, and hopefully sooner. So thanks for joining me, sir. I appreciate it.
3: Uh, uh, great to do it. Thanks, Derek. Have a great day. <laughs>
1: Hey Hoops
0: fans, Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball is coming to the Quad Cities. Don't miss the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Women's Basketball Championship March 10th through 13th at the iWireless Center in the Quad Cities, presented by Aetna. Single game tickets start at $10. Visit MVCQuadCities.com for more information. That's MVCQuadCities.com.
1: Back here on Inside the Valley Podcast, Derek Dockett, Associate Commissioner of New Media and Technology, still with you here this week's episode, and uh, got a a new face in terms of play by play in the league uh, for the Indiana State women's basketball team. Rob LaFerriere will be calling uh, the Sycamores uh, play by play this year, going to his very first year. Uh, Rob, thanks for joining me on the uh, podcast. How are things going in Terre Haute today?
4: Hey, things are always fantastic here. A little on the chilly side today, but uh, sun is out. Rain has cleared out after last night, so it's another day in paradise. We like to call it here.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I've I've come to uh, know and uh, adapt that term myself. There a lot of great friends in at Indiana State that are uh, do great jobs hosting our championships and things like that. So uh, it's fall times. So you guys have the football going on. We've talked cross country on a previous episode here, but. Um, I guess I wanted to take the time to introduce you to sort of our audience and, and folks around the league. Um, you're getting the opportunity to uh, this in your first, this will be your first year of calling uh, the Sycamores women's basketball play by play. I guess uh, tell us a little bit more about your background, a little bit more about yourself and uh, your previous experience uh, leading into this opportunity.
4: Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've always said that I'm always in a unique situation um with my career and for that uh with that being said you uh, know i'm 24 years old but this will be the 12th year that i've done with uh, radio and also television uh not only for collegiate sports but for high school sports as well so i got started my eighth grade year of high school i went to south ripley high school um, it's a very small high school about two and a half in the southeast portion of indiana um got started with a local radio station at the time uh, eagle radio 993. um also they had a flagship station 103.1. Uh, so i did a lot of high school basketball then and pretty much stayed that way for, for quite a while so i kind of floated back and forth uh with some different radio stations in southeastern indiana um, Eagle being one of those, um, spent some time at a AM station, 1330 WTRE. Um, that is in, in Greensburg. Um, for anyone in Indiana, Greensburg is probably a pretty familiar name. It's a great basketball program, uh, great basketball area over there. Um, and then from there, kind of went back uh, to Eagle. And then Eagle sister station, which is 95.3 WYKI in Madison, Indiana. That's where I spent the remaining part of my career up until the time I moved to Terre Haute last year. So, um, a lot of high school football, a lot of high school basketball, some high school baseball sprinkled in, but also had the opportunity to complete the sports as well. Um, the good thing about working in Madison was the fact that Hanover College was about 10 minutes down the road. Um, that is a Division III college in the NCAA ranks. Um, very fun atmosphere, a very fun college athletic program to be a part of there. Um, did football and basketball both there for the college, so had the opportunity to do that. Um, aside from that, you know, before moving to Terra, I um, also had a chance to do a lot of writing. Um, worked for the Madison Courier. Um, it's a one newspaper in that part of the state. Uh, it's an award-winning newspaper, so spent some time in the sports department. Um, a lot of the same things, a lot of high school sports, a lot of another college stuff. Um, also got involved a little bit with NASCAR racing and with professional hydroplane racing. Um, and then also spent some time writing and broadcasting for an Internet website called SCI Local Sports dotcom. Uh, that pretty much takes care of everything I did back home. Um, and then this past year was presented with the opportunity to come here to Terre Haute, um, had made some friends throughout the years here in Terre Haute, um, got my contact one. He said, hey, I've got a job opening. Um, If you're willing to relocate, um, we've got an open waiting for you. So I felt that you know it was the right time. Um, I had pretty much done everything I could possibly do at home in terms of a career, so decided to pack up and move to Terre Haute. And you know I'm here now. Um, I'm enrolled in school here at Indiana State University. I'm a junior. Uh, communication major, focuses in radio and television, obviously. Um, but aside from that, I um, have worked previously for 11:30 the Fan. It's an ESPN radio affiliate here in Terre Haute. Um, actually just wrapped up with them a couple months ago. Um, did a lot of high school basketball, football, baseball. Uh, for them, also did a lot of studio work. For them, and then here on campus, uh, there's even more involvement. Um, worked with the student radio station WZIS last year, um, and that's where I get introduced to doing a lot of play-by-play for Indiana State athletics. Did football, did basketball, men and women, and did baseball as well. Um, I'm currently the sports editor at the Indiana State newspaper here. On campus, and then obviously, you know, the big thing right now with the media situation for all the colleges in the NBC um, is the Valley on ESPN3. So, trying to sprinkle in some work with that. Um, but obviously, you know, as you mentioned, the new job with women's basketball, doing radio play by play for them. Um, that's pretty much taking up quite a bit of my time right now. I know it seems like probably from me talking, there's not a whole lot of time, and there's really not. <laughs> uh, but on that, I'm, def- I'm definitely focused on this new adventure, definitely very excited. And uh, ready
1: for November to kind of get things started. Yeah, I guess I should have asked you what you haven't done yet. <laughs> Maybe that would have been more appropriate. It seems like you've you've already become pretty well rounded, and you've got a lot lot more ahead of you. So it sounds like you're you're ready to jump right into to calling the games and 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 you know getting going when the regular season comes around. I guess, huh?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, you know, I've always worked with. So many people older than me and they know they went through you know this is what radio used to be like in the 80s and the early 90s and you know this is how things were done and it's getting to the point where i've done it for so many years now you know going into my 12th year where i'm getting the point where i'm saying well this is how it was done when i first started back in you know 2004 <laughs> um, but you know it, it, it definitely has changed um i feel like you know right now with how technology has advanced with you know, you know, with podcasts now, with, you know, everything kind of gearing towards the internet um, and online television and things like that, you know, it doesn't hurt to be a rounded. So, you know, I try to be in as much radio as possible. Um, I try to be in as much TV as possible. I try writing um, as much as I possibly can. And hopefully, you know, those things kind of combine to lead me to, you know, you know better things here in the future. But, you know, I'm definitely excited for this new opportunity. Um, It's a great opportunity for the women's basketball program uh, to, you know, be able to do games home and away. Um, And it's an exciting opportunity for me, you know, get the opportunity to do that, um, travel around a little bit, continue to better myself and better my career. It's going to be exciting, and I really could not ask for a better program than this women's basketball team.
1: Now, you mentioned briefly uh, doing some commentary work with the Valley on ESPN3, and you actually did uh, the help call the game, the very first volleyball match there in Indiana State when you guys went on the air, so to speak, for uh, the Valley on ESPN3. Uh, From your standpoint, and I'm always curious to find out, I've I've talked to a a student that ran camera at Missouri State, and I've gotten some uh, other feedback from other folks around the league, but from your standpoint, how did that experience go for you on that first uh, broadcast of the Valley on ESPN3 when you guys did volleyball?
4: Well, you know, I'll preface, you know, preface it with saying that it was definitely scary. Um, anytime that you put the ESPN brand name in front of something that you're about to do, um, it's definitely scary. It's definitely nerve-wracking. Um, but, you know, like I told you a little bit ago off the air, it went a lot better than anything that I could have expected. You know, when you start something up so new like this, um, it's a fantastic opportunity, first off, for students to have a chance to do this, uh, to get the hands-on experience. You know, There's a lot of colleges in this country that, you know, you go somewhere and, you know, you're not allowed to do anything like this up until your junior or senior year. So, you know, for freshmen to get involved, for sophomores to get involved, juniors and seniors too, um, it's an exciting opportunity. So, you know, we are kind of scrambling around. Um, trying to find as many people as possible to help out. You know, volleyball season was already kind of in full swing a little bit. Um, we were trying to get everything started and everything as advanced as we possibly could. Um, and it went great. You know, the first game that we did, uh, Indiana State and in IEPY, um, the very first volleyball game that we did that night, um, it went really well. Uh, everyone worked really hard. Everything, you know, with the exception, obviously, of maybe a couple glitches here and there, everything went according to plan, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we got an opportunity to do something that, you know, we only see on TV on, you know, Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights, you know, those big game nights, everything, and, man, it would be really cool to do this. Now we've all had the opportunity to actually do this, we kind of see where we need to go now. Um, a lot of goals in mind with the students and faculty alike on what they want to see with the S P N three and with the value on the E S P N three. So you know, I think there's a lot of good things that still lie ahead for this program, for this project. And I think once you get into, you know, the latter portion of volleyball season, you get into basketball season, I think you're gonna see something that's a lot more stable. Um, a lot more exciting and something that it's going to be a product. I think students and the schools alike will be very proud of.
1: Yeah, and and the conference and that too. You you make a very very solid point there. It's sort of you know we all know that it's a growing uh, process, uh, but the fact that we've done volleyball has been very positive, uh, and we're looking to carry that forward into basketball. Um, it's going to be a real key uh, for us having, uh, especially women's basketball. Uh, in the league because we had a Friday night uh, ESPN three package last year. And now with uh, all the member institutions in the league uh, producing games for the Valley ESPN three for women's basketball, that's going to just, you know, tenfold. Now, you know, we've we've got every game on, uh, and, and think about non-conference; those opportunities there to you know let the selection committee see you if you're on the bubble and things like that. Uh, all that stuff matters. So that's one of the one key things that the commissioners always said that this exposure and a lot of the ads would agree. This exposure is going to be a really really key thing for the league. So, uh, bringing up basketball, uh, let's talk about this team. And I'm curious now. So not only are you be doing the play-by-play, you're also going to be doing the uh, the coaches show uh, with Coach Joey Wells there you already started working on your relationship with Coach?
4: Yeah, I have. Um, we actually met um, kind of the middle portion of September. Um, I know that the folks over at Sycamore Force Properties brought me in. Um, we did the whole job interview process. It actually happened the exact same week that we launched the Valley on ESPN3. So between you know, talking about this job and doing the whole Valley thing uh, with volleyball, um, it made for sort of a hectic week, but, you know, we kind of got the initial plan um, put in place with my job um, and obviously had to get the okay from Coach Wells to say, okay, let's go ahead and let's let, let you know, let's Rob let, let do this. Um, so, Matt with him um, had really developed a pretty good relationship with Coach last year um, between doing a few games of women's basketball and the student space, you know, on campus. Um, and then doing, you know, various newspaper articles throughout the year. All they knew, Joey. Um, so that was a big help for me. Um, he had heard me before, so he knew what to expect from me. Um was very pleased with the work I had done, so I was pretty proud of the fact that, you know, he was able to listen and he was very accepting of the way that, you know, I went about presenting his program, presenting his players. Um, you know, I think he was impressed by the fact that, you know, how well the women's basketball product here ISU he, came across from me on the air. So a good relationship with him. That has now led to me beginning the process of getting as many practices as I can. Um, First official practice was, I believe, last Monday uh, for the women's team here at Indiana State. So went to that, um, got to know Julie a little bit more, uh, met with the coaching staff for a few minutes there, Uh, observed practice, I think, for maybe about an hour or so. And, you know, that's been my goal every week, to try and get to one or two practices, Watch an hour or so each day I go in, try and talk to the coaches, try and talk to the players, develop those relationships. So by the time the basketball season rolls around to that first exhibition game on November 7th, that way I'm ready to go. I know what to expect. They know what to expect from me. It's going to be a lot easier that first game knowing everyone in advance rather than scrambling and trying to make up all these different notes. And It's not like I'm completely lost heading into November.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned you've been out to practice. You, you're getting to know them. So looking at the roster, there are uh, one, two, three, four, five freshmen, two, four sophomores, uh, four juniors, and three seniors on the team. Uh, we've seen some of the upperclassmen play. Uh, are there any of these newcomers and freshmen that think you might be able to make an immediate impact for the team this year? Or are we looking at a group of red shirts? Obviously, we don't know that going into it, but Anything you've seen standing out from anyone on the roster in the practice so far?
4: Well, I think the thing with this team, you know, you mentioned some of the the upperclassmen have some familiar names. Um, It's a little bit of a weird roster because you see, you know, you look at the roster, you see familiar names, but at the same time, it's still an inexperienced basketball team. Um, Obviously, you know, the returning players that they got, throwing a few names out there, Alexis Newbolt. Julia Marshall, Reagan Smith, those are familiar names. Those will be starting lineup names for this team coming up in November. But then, you know, then you've got a whole slew of either players who did not get a lot of playing time last year or a session. And that's, I think, the most impressive thing about this team is we don't know exactly yet who's going to be you know, in that rotation, who's going to get some minutes. Um, looking at practice the last couple of weeks, there's been um, some very impressive players. Um, I think that you've got a couple of freshmen who are playing guard spots who are actually identical twins. Um, that is Jenny and Jessica Mikoliak. Um, both of them are from Cicero, Illinois. Um, very good shooters on the outside. I think that's going to allow them to be put in the rotation because this is a team um, that is needing some offense. They were missing that last season, did not get enough of it. And I think that showed up a little bit in the conference season last year. So that should be a big help. Um, and there's some, some other names sprinkled in. I think Reagan Whitland, who's a six-foot-one freshman out of Greenwood, Indiana. I think that's someone that once he learns how to adjust to the college game, she's going to be a big help. She's very flexible. She's very athletic. Tiara um, Brooks is another freshman, a five-seven freshman um, that's going to be able to kind of help out a little bit. You know, and then there's a couple sophomores. You know, sprinkled into the mix, I think, you know, Brooklyn Artist is a redshirt sophomore, um, could see some solid minutes. Um, you look at the junior class, there's a redshirt in there, and Kelsey Dierks to go along with Joy Marshall. You know, those two ought to be a huge help for this team. And, you know, and then there's those seniors, you know, Sierra Caesar played a lot last year. Reagan Smith played a lot last year. Alexis Newbold got a lot of time last year after transferring in. Um, from Mobley Area Community College. So it's a good mix-up for this team. Um, there's some athleticism, there's some shooters, there's some speed, there's some good defenders. I just, I, I think with this team, it's not going to be a surprise who shows up on the floor because for a young basketball team, I think this is a perfect year and a perfect opportunity for a lot of different girls to get out on the floor and play basketball.
1: With this new adventure you've got ahead of you to call the games, and obviously you get a chance to be on the road with them now. Uh, what's one of the more exciting things about this whole project that you're more excited about? Is it getting to travel and see the league or uh, being able to see all these games? What's got you most pumped for the season to get started?
4: I, I think for me, you know, obviously doing ISU games last year, you know, and with the students say, we always did them, you know, we always did home games. Um, so I really didn't get to venture out a whole lot. Saw a lot of good competition coming to the home center last year. But, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned it, I think the travel is probably going to be the most exciting thing for me. Um, you know, I take the occasional vacation to Florida, um, but other than that, I really don't get out and around a whole lot. I'm usually way too busy to, you know, to really go out and you know, hop in the car and go travel somewhere. Um, but, you know, looking at the schedule, there's some really exciting road trips, some really exciting places um, that Indiana State's going to. Uh, you know, that very first weekend of the regular season, you know, going to Central Michigan. I've always wanted to go up there, so that one should be a fun one. Um, get to go a little bit closer to where I'm from hometown-wise, uh, going to Northern Kentucky on November 15th. Um, Northern Kentucky, I think, is about an hour away. Um, from my hometown in Versailles, so it'd be kind of be cool to go back home a little bit. Um, the Kansas City trip over Thanksgiving to the Plaza White Classic, um, you yeah, know, the road trip to Oklahoma on December 6th, and, you know, and obviously the you know the NBC schedule, you know, going around the Midwest and really unique towns and really unique cities. Um, and really, getting the chance to see you know some of the competition um, that I was unable to see last year. So that's all exciting. I'm always one of those junkies who likes to go to different arenas, you know, check out different sites, and if I have some time, go out and check out some different college campuses and things like that. So it's all exciting. You know, traveling is going to be exciting. Getting to do games in different places, you know, getting to meet all kinds of different people. Hopefully, some of those are contacts for later on down the road in my career so you know you put it all together it's just going to be a fun time I'm looking forward to it looking forward to spending time um with this team and really just you know looking forward to water basketball throughout
1: the winter yeah it should be a fun one last year was a uh, competitive which led to Wichita State uh getting the Valley's bid to the NCAA tournament but this year uh Missouri State Drake uh some should be some uh, highly competitive games Southern Illinois Northern Iowa uh don't know how to shake out, we'll find out with the preseason poll is announced during our uh, basketball tip-off event uh, later this month, October 27th, about, oh gosh, two and a half, two weeks from today, maybe?
4: Three weeks it's from now? It's going the way too fast, I know, it's going <laughs> way too fast,
1: I know that. Yes, it is, believe me, we're, we're already gearing up for our fall championships here in the, in the office, so it's going to be cross-country, it's going to be women's soccer, men's soccer, and volleyball coming real quick, which just leads right into basketball season for us. So it's it's that time. It is that time. So if we're not ready, we will be ready.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Um, you know, in I hate to see fall sports go because I think for the Valley this year, this has been a really exciting fall sports season. I know Indiana State, we've been awfully excited about our fall sports. Uh, football continues to perform at a pretty high level. Um, Our volleyball program has been playing extremely well. We've got a great cross-country program that's done a lot of great things. Um, Golf, soccer, everything has been so successful. I know it's been successful for everyone around the valley as well. hate to see it go, but, you know, for a guy who went to a high school with not a lot of sports, to offer uh didn't have a football team we always tried on waiting for those winter months and i'm still waiting for the winter months i'm still ready to go for basketball season here
1: in november yeah that makes two of us it'll be fun so rob i really appreciate you taking time this will be fun and i definitely will uh be sure when i see you out and about around the league uh we'll have to set up be able to, to chat some more
4: all right sounds good i appreciate you having me on